Okay, so at this time, I'm going to invite the kids to come on up for a quick kids moment before they head off to Children's Church. So come on up, kids. We've got a little activity for us this morning. Come on up. Welcome, welcome. Good morning. Can I get a good morning back? No? It's okay. We're really quiet this morning. The, the gloominess is getting to us, friends, I think. I'm feeling it. I don't know if you're all feeling it. Okay, so this morning uh, at Fusion, uh, our friend Audrey is going to share a little story with us today, and she's going to share what she has learned about following Jesus. But in order to do that, in order for us to talk about it together with you all, I need some help. Can somebody volunteer to pick up that weight for me? You got it? Ooh, you're pretty strong. That's pretty good. How about somebody else? Can you put it back down and let somebody else pick it up? Go ahead, Calvin. You want to pick it up? All right. Ooh, yeah, you're pretty strong, too. How, who else? Does somebody else want to try to pick it up? Zoe, you want to pick it up? Oh, there you go. Whoa, yeah, look at that. Okay, go ahead and put it back down. All right, Zoe, how about you? You want to try it? Awesome. Okay, so here's, you guys are all pretty strong. I'm pretty impressed with that because when I lugged it in here this morning, I thought this is a little heavy. Um, so, but I need, I need, I need some more help, okay? Can I need, I need one of you to, to pick it up on this end and one of you to pick up on the other end. Oh my gosh, was that easier or harder? It was easier, right? Put it down again. Maybe two more people can try to pick it up. Just two more people. Oh, there you go. <gasps> there you go. Now you can put it back down. Was that easier or harder? It was probably easier. Try to pick it up by yourself and see how heavy, how heavy it was. Oh, there you go. You didn't get to pick it up the first time, I know. Put it back down. All right. Oh, that's pretty heavy, huh? Look at that, though. No, it's not heavy, but was it easier or harder when a friend helped you? It was easier when a friend helped you, right? You can't tell the difference? Well, that's okay. Sometimes that happens, too. You, you guys do have such strong muscles. I should have brought a heavier weight. That's what I'm learning this morning. All right, here, I'll take the weight. Thank you very much, Piper. All right, we'll put this right here. Okay, so sometimes there are things in life that are kind of hard, right? There are things that are hard to do. There are hard situations that we have in our lives. Uh, sometimes things are hard, just like sometimes picking up a heavy weight is hard. But when you have a friend, sometimes it gets easier, right? Sometimes we need friends to help make our hard things easier, to make our heavy things lighter. So that is the lesson that we are all going to learn today and a good lesson for us to remember. One, if we have something hard going on in our lives, we can ask a friend for help, right? We can ask a friend or a mom and her dad or somebody in our lives. And two, sometimes we have, to, we have to help our friends, right? If they have a hard thing going on in their lives, sometimes we get to help them make it less hard and less heavy. All right, uh, I'm going to send you all off to Children's Church. Our leaders are ready for you, and they have a fun lesson planned for you today. So go ahead. Well, you must be pretty strong then. That's what I'm learning. Okay, so uh, as I put my handy-dandy weight back, I am going to invite uh, Audrey to come up on the stage here. Uh, so uh, I am delighted today to introduce you to Audrey. Audrey is our speaker for today, and she is uh, a Dakota Wesleyan student. She is a senior. Uh, she is a leader in campus ministry and in many things across campus. You'll see here on stage quite often. 
Uh, and today, uh, she is going to share her thing that she has learned about following Jesus. So, we find it important at Fusion to hear from many different voices. And so, you've gotten to hear from many of us over this series, and you'll continue to. And we also have people sharing on our podcast and on our Facebook page as well what they've learned about following Jesus. So, I'm going to turn it over to you. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm moving this up, though. Sorry, singers. Okay, so hello, as Taryn just introduced me, my name is Audrey. Um, most of you have seen me up here, obviously. I like to do lots of things with the worship band. Um, I like to call myself a master, all, a master of all trades, <laughs> a jack of all trades, master of none. Um, I typically like to play drums, but I can do other things too. Uh, any week that I don't go home to Omaha, Nebraska, I'm up here. A couple of other things about me, as Taryn mentioned, I'm a biology major. Um, I'm hoping to go to vet school after my time here at Dakota Wesleyan. I just finished up applying to schools in September, and I should hear back from them in January. When I go home over breaks, I get to work at a really cool emergency vet clinic, and I, I love it there. Um, another important detail about myself is I have been a Christian my entire life. I started going to church before I could walk. I remember very vividly in fourth grade attending a 1GN concert. Um, for those of you that don't know, which I expect is probably everyone, um, 1GN is One Girl Nation. It is a contemporary Christian music group that performs at various locations. Um, I remember at that concert, I was there with my mom, her best friend Stacy, and my best friend Allie. And they had this moment, they had a sermon in the middle of the concert where they were talking about giving yourself to Christ. And I had asked my mom what that meant. And she was like, well, you basically already do that. But um, it's basically just when you say to God, I'm following you and I'm gonna live my life for you. And I was like, I'm gonna do that. So that was probably the first time that I ever took my faith into my own hands. It was when I made that choice there that I wanted to make my life for God. Since that concert in fourth grade, I think I've done a good job at following Jesus. Um, I've learned a lot over the years about what following Christ means and how it looks for me. And I would be lying if I said I figured it out. I have not figured it out. Um, I'm still learning. Um, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned through my journey with Christ is that just because I am a Christian doesn't mean that hardships aren't hard they're still hard, they still suck, and they still happen regularly, unfortunately. In February of 2019, I was at a show choir competition in Illinois. Um, there was a college out in Illinois that I had wanted to go visit, uh, and my parents and I decided to make a cute little vacation out of the show choir trip, if you will. Uh, it was after all of those festivities ended, the night before we were about to drive back to Omaha, when my parents sat me down and said, don't freak out, it's not a big deal, but on your dad's routine scan, they found something. My dad was 58 years old at the time. He was a smoker for a bit of his life, but he quit in 2005 with my mom because I kept throwing their cigarettes away, and that was a lot of wasted money. Um, he hadn't had a cigarette since. Um, but because of his history, the doctors had suggested that they do just a routine scan. So 
I have no idea. I unfortunately like animal medicine, not human medicine, so I, I don't know what exactly it was that they did, but um, they said, well, we found it, so we're going to do a biopsy. So they did a biopsy later that week and confirmed that he had lung cancer. The next step was to move to surgery. So they told us that surgery would fix it. It's going to be quick. They'd remove a third of his lung, but he'd heal completely. I mean, who needs a third of their lung anyways? He wouldn't need chemo. He wouldn't need radiation. He'd be perfectly healthy afterwards. So the day of the surgery came, and we sent Dad off. Um, I think we took really funny pictures and like the shower cap-like things that they have at the hospital. And we were all like, woohoo! Um, so my mom's best friend, Stacy and Lonnie, were there. Um, two pastors, Dick and Sandy, came in through the day and were talking with my mom as well. I didn't go to school that day, which my mom has a really bad memory. And when I was asking her kind of about her details of this day, she was like, didn't you go to school? No, mom, I was there. Because I remember I was doing homework in the lobby. And I got really hungry because nothing like sitting in a hospital like to really get your appetite going. And so I went downstairs and I had told the group that I was going to go get some food. And the cafeteria was closed, as it always is, right? And so I went back upstairs and no one was there. My mom was gone, her friends were gone. I was completely lost. I was so confused. I was like, was I even here all morning long? Was this where we went? until her friend Lonnie appeared from somewhere and ushered me into this room where a doctor had just finished talking to my mom. Now, he was done with his whole spiel by the time I got in, but my mom and Stacy were both crying. Um, I don't remember who said what, but my dad's cancer was stage four, and it was spread everywhere, and the doctor said that they couldn't operate on him. It was inoperable. My dad had decided that he wanted to fight it, so he did chemo and radiation and tried to keep his spirit up. No one mentioned death because he asked us not to. Um, he was a very positive guy, so um, we kept that promise to him. And May of 2020, the COVID year, as most people know it, um, I graduated high school on the same day that my dad lost his fight to cancer. Um, it was only 15 months after that little vacation in Illinois that the cancer that we had no idea existed had won. You think that would be the hardest part, um, but when I tell my story, I don't know if his death was the hardest part or if everything leading up to it was, or even life afterwards and figuring out what that looked like, because it all changed. Everything became a challenge, um, school, which I had loved, um, was no longer a good, safe place. Um, performing on stages with my show choir didn't make me happy like it did my friends. Um, all of it was different, and all of it was hard. Um, it was through this time in my life that I learned that following Jesus doesn't mean our hardships are easy. When I was thinking about places in the Bible where people face hardships, I mean, there, there's so many, um, but the time that speaks the most to me is probably when Jesus faces hardship, right? Because, like, Jesus, God's chosen one to live here on earth, suffered a lot. And he endures suffering after suffering. And we're all just like, yeah, well, it, like, it was Jesus. Like, that's what he was supposed to do. Um, it was God's will, so he was just chill with it. But that's not completely true. 
Um, In Luke 22, um, Jesus prays on the Mount of Olives. All the disciples record that Jesus is gonna go pray before he's betrayed, and they follow with him. Um, I particularly like Luke because Luke is a doctor, and he's a very detailed writer in the gospel comparatively to Matthew, Mark, and John. Um, He likes to mark different things, and so Luke 22, 39 through 45 was, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. What I love about Luke's description is he describes that his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. In my Bible, it marks that Luke is the only disciple who describes it this way. Um, And they said it could be because he's a doctor and he was the only one that made that connection, or it could be because Jesus was actually literally sweating blood and Luke was the only one to actually realize. This scripture gives me comfort because Jesus struggled, right? He said, Father, take this cup from me He didn't want to go give up his life. He felt overwhelmed. He says, let your will be done, not mine. But obviously, he feels like God's will is a little bit too much. I mean, the man is like sweating blood, as Luke describes. He's in anguish, and it's hard. Um, It was so hard that angels had to come down to strengthen him. And he asked his disciples to stay awake so that they could pray because he worried about them too. Um, It's obvious that he was struggling with leaving them, and with carrying the weight of our sins. God says that he will be in our hardships. I mean, when Jesus was sweating blood, he sent the angels that strengthened him, right? Um, When I was going through my Bible, there's so many stories of God being with people throughout their hardships. Um, I mean, we can read the entire passage of Job, or Job as I like to call him, because it's just, it's so much faster when you read it that way. We can look to David and Goliath, which is one of the most well-known stories about facing giants and God being with us. And actually last summer, I went to Trujillo, Peru with campus ministry and taught David and Goliath and the story of Esther to different kids at Kaif and told them about how God was with them through their hardships. Um, But one passage that I loved um, came from John 16. John 16, 16 is the start of that, um, and my Bible names the passage as the disciples' grief will turn to joy. It's during this passage that Jesus is telling the disciples that they are going to have grief, there's going to be prosecution, there's going to be hardships, but he asks them not to give up on God. Jesus tells them there's hope, um, that he's with them, and that Jesus was sent to overtake the world. Um, So my Bible, as I mentioned before, it's a study Bible, um, which is great because I am terrible at using 
biblical analysis things. Um, it's just a lot hard. Um, I'm also a college student. That's a little bit of extra thought that my brain just can't get there sometimes. Um, and my study Bible had said um, that with the John 16:32, where it states that the disciples are going to be scattered, um, it stated that though the men had faith, their faith wasn't enough to stand firm in the face of disaster. Jesus knew that they would all fall short. Um, he knew that they would all fail, but that's okay because God's church is not built on the strength of the people, but God's ability to use people even after they have failed. Um, John 16:33 ends the passage with Jesus saying, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Which is pretty amazing, like God sent Jesus for him to overcome the world because he knew it was gonna be hard for us. Um, he knew it wasn't gonna be easy. What I liked about my study Bible's information is that the church is not built on the strength of the people, but God's ability to use people even after they've failed. Um, in 2019 to 2020, I prayed a lot of prayers that seemed really unanswered. I didn't have an angel that came down to strengthen me. I mean, I wasn't sweating blood either, but it felt like it. Um, I didn't have Jesus in person telling me to take heart. Um, I could read the Bible, but I mean, ultimately those are words on a page that feel like words on a page a lot of times. Um, especially when going through hard times. I felt like praying over things became pointless. I prayed before my dad's surgical procedure, I prayed after it, and we just got bad news after bad news after bad news, and quite frankly, it sucked. Like, why would I keep praying to change something that's not changing? Um, even when I felt like I couldn't see God, though, and even when I didn't want to talk to him, um, what I could see was the community that he placed in my life to support me. Most people know 1 Corinthians 12, 20 to 26, and when I say that, most of you are probably like, Audrey, we're not pastors, we don't have the Bible memorized. Um, I don't know why you would say that, but like the song inspired Casting Crowns is If We Are the Body, which Casting Crowns is amazing. They're phenomenal in concert if anyone ever gets to go see them. Um, but this passage is what inspired that song, um, and it goes, as it is, there are many parts but one body. Um, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So like I said, I didn't have literal angels, um, but I did have some angelic-like humans that got me through these times. and. I don't even know where to begin with some of the people, but um, two pillars throughout my dad's journey um, were my best friends, Allie and Ashley. Um, this is Allie. That's actually her family. That was like a small group picture. Um, Lonnie was in that as well, who I talked about earlier. But um, 
Allie, who I met at a mere four years old, is Stacy's daughter, my mom's best friend, who was in that room that day when we found out the cancer was inoperable. Um, Allie has been a rock in my life since I was four. Um, when my school shut down for COVID, it was Allie who communicated my situation with every teacher. Um, she actually talked to teachers she had never met before and sent so many emails on my behalf. Um, and honestly, she's probably the reason that I ended up graduating. Um, Allie was there when my dad came home on hospice the day before he died. Her and her mom actually spent the night over at our house with my mom and me um, to help administer medication to my dad when he needed it, um, to help lift him up and get him to like the restroom if he needed it, to just help us with everything. Um, she cried with me when my dad passed away. She was the first of my friends to know. And she was actually the first person to make me laugh after he passed away, which was kind of my own fault for making a morbid joke immediately after my dad's passing. And she was like, Audrey, what the heck? It's like, I'm so sorry, but also it was kind of funny. Um, she was actually the first person to help me to pray again when I felt like my voice wasn't heard. Uh, she understood and had honest conversations with me throughout the entirety of my dad's sickness. And even afterwards, when I told her that I just prayer was hard. She said, I get it. I prayed too, and he didn't answer me either. And that meant everything to me. Um, my other best friend, Ashley, she was also God sent. I met her in eighth grade. Um, ironically, uh, her and Allie became friends before we did. Um, they, we all went to the same high school youth group, and her and Allie were really close friends. And Ash and I were always acquaintances, but Randomly, on some August night of 2018, I was playing Pokemon Go, which was right before my dad's cancer diagnosis, so God's timing is pretty cool. Um, and none of my friends wanted to go walk around this random lake with me while I was playing Pokemon Go. I can't understand why. It wasn't like it was nighttime or anything like that. Um, and I had called Ash, and I was like, hey, so I really want to go get these Pokemon at this lake any chance you'd be willing to come, and to my surprise, she came, and that was the start of our friendship. Um, I thank God so much for her and for the timing that she came into my life because it was her family that like really took care of me throughout my dad's cancer journey. Um, my dad was always the chef in our family, um, and when he had chemo, me and my mom, we didn't eat a whole lot. I mean, my dad wasn't really hungry, and food wasn't the first thought on our minds. And Ashley's family fed me more times than I even can recall. Um, they gave me a space to play games, and they gave me a little bit of normalcy when my parents spent nights in hospitals or had various doctor's appointments. I was always over there. Um, even after my dad passed away, her family still fed us, still had us over for dinner, gave us game nights, gave us fun. Um, Ash and I used to joke about Ben and Jerry's, um, like that was our friend. And so Ash used to bring me ice cream on all sorts of days when we had bad news. 
Um, Ash and Allie, or as we like to call ourselves, AAA Batteries, because Ashley always wanted to get a battery tattooed since all of our names started with A. Allie said, I am not tattooing a battery on my body. Ash was like, I thought you loved me. Um, they were my body of Christ. They suffered with me, and they rejoiced with me. They were there throughout my dad's whole walk. Um, they were the first people who, after my dad's passing, came to the house and just sat with me and didn't ask me anything because they knew. Lonnie and Stacy were my mom's body. Um, before COVID, Stacy and Lonnie attended every chemo session with my dad. Um, that's in the middle there is the start. That's Lonnie, my dad, Kathy, my mom's other best friend, my brother Devin, and then Stacy. Um, they had this cute little chemo bag that they made for my dad, and they gave him the chemo cow, which is on his shoulder. Um, that was Mr. Moo. Mr. Moo gave lots of strength on the days when you didn't have it. COVID obviously didn't help my family's situation, but our friends still found ways to support us. Um, they came out one morning and placed that um, We Love You Rob sign in our, in our cute little front porch area. And that was the same day that Stacy and Lonnie had organized this drive-by that featured all of the people at our church, all of the people that were part of our community. Um, and even Allie had reached out to different friends of mine and had said, hey, come do this thing. We're supporting Audrey. Um, the people threw letters out of their car windows and honked driving down the street, all to just show my dad that they were with us and they supported him. Um, that day, my dad, my dad cried a lot. Um, there were countless people who changed their profile pictures to the We Love You Rob sign right there. Um, not only that, but my dad was a huge Ohio State fan. Um, you can see it on his cancer shirts. Uh, he loved having Brutus Buckeye as his mascot because it's the best mascot, obviously. Um, and one of the friends that my family had met in Ohio, I call her my Aunt Bethy because she's amazing, um, went to a game and got that picture for my dad. And then a church member even made my dad this really nice mug with the logo on it as well. And I, he used that cup every day after he got it, like he was emotionally attached to that cup. Um, so I may not have had Jesus face to face with me, um, and I may not have had literal angels, but I did have quite the body of Christ that supported me and supported my family. People who suffered with us, who rejoiced with us, who even though we were weak made us of equal concern, who even after my dad's death still showed up, still helped mow lawns and organize different things that needed it. Hardships are still hard. Following Jesus doesn't mean life is easy. But following Jesus means that even when we go through those hard, sucky times, we have a body of followers who go through them with us. We have a church, we have youth groups, we have connections. We have a community that God places in the world for us to do all the things with, to rejoice, suffer with, and just to enjoy. So to wrap up my story, I still have AAA battery. Um, and coming to college, I have gotten to expand that body 
with even more people who provide safe spaces for me to experience hardships and failure. Life is still hard, but it's got a good community to it. We all might wish that in following Jesus, all our problems would be solved. That's not true, though. And even Jesus had problems that weren't solved. What is true is that Jesus and the people God gives us are with us in our problems. For those of you who are entering hard times, you're not alone. For those of us who make up the body, remember that God could be using you to help someone else during their stories of hardship. Um, if you guys will bow your heads with me, I will close this in prayer. Lord, thank you for being with us, for being present during our hardships. Thank you for giving us people to be present with us as we walk through times of trouble. I pray over everyone in this place and that whatever experiences they are going through, that they feel you walking with them. You're a good God, even when times are hard. Thank you for being so good. Thank you for Jesus, for giving us an example, and for giving us other example after example of your goodness. Thank you for creating a body for us to be a part of. I pray your blessing over any hardships anyone in this place may face, and I pray that you help them to answer your call to help others as they feel led. I ask for your blessing over each and every one of us here, and for those who are not here as well. Thank you, and amen.